Hey, listen, you've stumbled upon Skeeve Land. I am your host, Alan McDonnell. Today's guest is Kevin Rutmanis, who back in the 1980s co-founded a musical ensemble called Cows. Allmusic.com defines Cows as one of America's great degenerate punk rock bands. After the Cows, Rutmanis had a few great jobs, and I think he was fired from all of them. Getting fired from great jobs is something he and I have in common. So ready or not, here's Kevin Rutmanis visiting Skeeveland. Stone, I tried to count all the shades of green as I was driving down the highway. It was incredible. How many shades? It wasn't me. Someone else did that. I'm not. I was never that stupid. Oh, you're making this stuff up. No, I'm just borrowing it. Yeah, you're stealing. You're a thief. Stealing. So uh, your name is Kevin Rutmanis. Yeah, sure. You've been. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've been with you in public before where you were recognized in public. That's not true. It is. And they, they, was it you, your wife? No, no, it was some Tomahawk fan. Oh. Tomahawk fan. That must have been so long ago. It was a long time ago. Because that doesn't happen. And it happened when you were working at uh, a coffee shop, a Chango coffee shop, yes. making espressos. Uh. And they were so impressed to have met Kevin from the... They weren't impressed with the espressos, I'll tell you that. No. No. I work at a bar now. I like quite like this because nobody, once in a while someone recognized, hardly at all, and this guy who seemed to be an amphetamine addict came out of the bar and was complaining about the price. Oh, everything's too, and without missing a beat during the sentence, he goes, everything's too expensive in there. Were you in the Melvins? And I said, no, and then he just continued with this. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a quick denial. I think it's best to deny everything. I just... Too tired to yeah. talk. And plus, you know, when you're working as a galley Let slave. Let me ask you this though. You, okay, you're working as a galley slave. You're, you know, you, 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 no, you're not appreciated. How many long player albums have you been a major contributor to? How many albums are you? At, at least thirty, maybe more. Because how many cows albums? Uh, I think eight or nine. And then, Melvin's. I think there's like eleven Melvins. I didn't know there was that many, and I saw a list. Yeah. It was on eleven. Yeah. Of them. This is probably your rich. Then, oh, well, you wait. get to have this hobby where you work at a bar at the door. And wait, and now my current band, Hepatitis, I've done another, I think, eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever wonder, why do you do it? Nobody knows the answer. No one I does, right? My, I, I ask myself that question every day. And you have no intention of stopping. I do, often. <laughs> but what happens? What I, happens? I, I just do it anyway. You can't get up the nerve to stop. I know what you mean, Soda. I know what you mean. <laughs> That's well put. Uh, I mean, what am I going to do? What else can I do? How did you start? How did you start playing music? How did I start? Yeah, I mean, weren't you kind of old when you started? Like, weren't you already no. like No, oh, well, I started on the bass, I was old. I started playing piano when I was five. Oh, so you're a prodigy. I didn't realize yeah, you were a prodigy. Yeah, I was, I was in the <laughs> Carnegie Hall by the time I was five and a half. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't start playing bass till I was 28. That's true. So that seems late. It is. When I was 28, I had already given up. Yeah. And there you were, just starting. Well, I was wallowing in, uh, wallowing in shame and directionlessness. You know, so it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, this is like a audio medium. This what's this thing called? A podcast? It's an audio I medium. Have no idea what but here's the thing. You Why have is a, it a you, pod? What's a pod? A pod is like a whale. It's a bunch of whales together, a bunch of killer whales right. together. So you just kind Does of go along for something? Killer, yeah, yeah. Any dolphins come by, any shark come by, you're gonna you're gonna just kill them. That's what it stands for. <sighs> I don't know what it stands for. I have no idea man. about the history of the podcast. Why is it called that? Cast yeah. I get like radio cast. Yeah. Maybe don't say that, POD yeah. stands for something like push so, push on on demand. There's something on demand. 
Oh. Play on demand. Oh, oh. Maybe it's play on demand. It yes, could be. It could be in the business. I would Google it later mm. and verify because I could be completely wrong. But I don't have time to Google it right now. No. But uh, even though this, uh, your visual, you have a very strong visual. What does that mean? That means like if I was a little boy with my mother and I was walking down the street and I saw you, I would wonder, Mommy, can you protect me from this man? Oh, and I, I would probably think, probably not. I probably think that <laughs> there would be some influence. No, your son's fantastic, though. I was oh, not thanks. fantastic at that age. Yeah, nobody is. No. Um, I did hear it. I like this, because I, I have always, I appear to be a bum to most people. It's not intentional. And on my way into the bar where I worked, there was a bum sitting at the <laughs> bus stop. And he, you, as mean I walked, you mean an outdoorsman? An outdoor, urban outdoorsman. And as I walked by, he said, brother man. And I said, yes. And he said, you need something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> what did he have? I didn't look. I said, no, I'm going into my paying job right now, hobo. I didn't really say that, but I did laugh. Yeah, you thought it. It's, this is like six months ago. How is the job? I mean, you stand Sucks. there and, and you have all these like, kids come in, right? I mean, how old, how old are the... What's the median age of the drinker? You're at the Bigfoot Lodge. Right. Over on Los Feliz Boulevard? Yes. Way over there toward the end of Los Feliz Boulevard? It's right by Atwater. Correct, at the east end of Los Feliz Boulevard. So if someone wants to see you later, Kevin Rartmanis uh, is at the door right. of the Bigfoot Lodge Thank often. Thanks for this. Yes. And do you let, what, what is your role there? You, do you decide who gets to come in? Who yes, and to come I in? get to decide who gets out, goes out too. Oh, you throw them out? Oh, yeah. Is there, is there more people want to get in than, than the place can hold? No. So you know, it's not like you're at Studio 54 or something? No, where it's more like you, Studio 53. Uh, so you don't get to like let David Bowie in and tell no, him but, Jack but, can't but, but, No, no. Um, who's that fella, the big head? Um, the Morrissey yeah. came in a couple weeks ago, stayed for an hour and a half, yeah. drank eight or nine very strong Belgian beers. Good for him. Left. He was wearing white tennis shoes, which I did not like. I don't know what's wrong with the white tennis shoes. didn't look right. Was it clean? Were they very clean? They were clean? very clean. Yeah. It just looked weird to me, but maybe I'm old-fashioned. Well, and then British. a few days later, Lucy from, the character Lucy from Twin Peaks came in. Uh, How about that? I don't know who that is. I never uh, watched Twin Peaks. I missed. I missed. No, I'm not kidding. I missed the entire series. Oh, Dad. I just, and then I tried to watch it, and because uh, they revived it, so I thought, let me watch it to catch up, and I, I couldn't do it. Why? What's wrong with It just lost me. It just lost me. Have you ever watched his movies? I've watched some of the movies. Some of them, I really like them. But, you know, here's another thing. Which one did you like? I liked uh, Blue Velvet, of course. <laughs> I liked the one with um, the guy that married Jennifer Aniston and uh, uh, Naomi Watts. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I think Mulholland Drive, I yeah, think it's yeah. called. Well, that, if you could deal with those. I like that one. I love those. I really like those. What about Lost Highway? Lost Highway, I, I liked as well, especially that Patricia Arquette part. It's fantastic. Yeah, but but like there was that. one, like a, a Nicolas Cage one, where... Oh, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Unfucking bearable Oh, I didn't mind it. I, mind, I didn't mind it the first time I saw it. It wasn't my favorite, but, but yeah, he's but not the enemy, so I always I don't feel he's the enemy either, but I just, I, I just don't like all of his movies. Yeah, but you made but it... But I like the I'm fact that he made them. You made it sound like the TV show was impenetrable. Oh, and these it, movies are pretty impenetrable, too. Yeah, but the TV show, especially, for some reason, I figured they're going to go on Arquette, she is impenetrable. Yeah, but but here's the thing. They don't go on for seven seasons. That's maybe, the thing. Maybe they should. Maybe they should, but, but I'm I not going to I think I read it, somewhere though. that uh, Mulholland Drive was meant to be a pilot, and uh, this could be a myth, but that the, um, the network felt that the ladies were too old. 
Which is funny because that's the beginning of Naomi Watts' yeah. career in America. She was really good in that. She's great. Yeah. And she's Australian, did I you know I can't remember that? the guy's name. Like Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux is the guy with the golf club, the the, the uh, afflicted rider in that. I don't God, maybe I never did see that. And he, well, he wears a very boxy suit. And he, 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 he's supposed to write this script. He's supposed to direct this movie. And he wants it to go another one way. And I think the producers or whatever, they sort of beat him up. Like, they see mob guys kind of beat him up. You don't know this? So Justin, do you is know this Mulholland Drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Justin Thoreau is also the guy that wrote like Night at the Museum. He's like this. He wrote like Tropic Thunder. He's, he's like. It's a, just like you're speaking German to me. Almost. I am almost. The, the word Thoreau sounds somewhat Germanic, I guess. But the it's it's a weird you know. Is it a E-A-U, Thoreau? Because that's French. It's T H E R O U X or some shit like this. Oh, that's French too. <laughs> it is French too. But he uh, you know he writes these he he wrote all these shows for Ben Stiller and then he was in that David Lynch movie in that really crazy role, and then he was also in this TV series. I'm pretty series sure that's not in the Lynch movie. What's not in the Lynch that movie? That whole scene you just described. What all, scene? All of it. Those characters, none of it. Oh, he's the, I have a feeling he's there. No. I have a feeling no, he's there. I watched that movie repeatedly, and there's nothing... You may we need to watch it again. I mean, I don't think it'll hurt none you. None of those things happen in there. It won't, you know, take any... You just say whatever you want, don't you? Well, that's kind of my, you that's know, thing. thing. <laughs> that's a little bit of your thing. <laughs> so I like why I picked you to be here first, because... Yeah. We do have a couple things in common. In fact, they? I say things I don't want to say. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a thing of fucking, mine. That's the fucking problem. That's a, that's a thing. You know, there's this that's guy. That's kind of my thing. That is kind of your thing. I've noticed I've had that. people turn to me and say, and dead serious, not being funny, I heard that the same time you thought it, didn't I? Meaning I don't know that, what they mean by that. Meaning that there was no gap between the thought and me speaking it. Is there supposed to be? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> See, this is the thing. This is what causes me some problems yeah, once in a while. Yeah, me too. It's incredible, almost, the things I'm willing uh, to say. Uh, uh, uh. But see, this is my podcast, so I'm supposed to be saying all kinds of stuff. The reason I have this podcast, this is the, in, the uh, inaugural one, so I want to explain why. The, yes, the very first one. And it's, uh, I have a book coming out. It's, oh, it's really? A, I do. It's a memoir. It's a memoir <laughs> of my life after I'm dead. I've been talking about it for years, and yeah. now it's actually going to be here. And here you are, not dead yet. Here I am, not dead yet, so far. But uh, my publisher th- feels it would be a good idea for me to have uh, produce a series, a oh, season, a season's worth of podcasts to try and establish myself as a human being. Yeah. So people would think, oh, is he an actual guy? Yeah, is he an actual like, an entity, like an entity, mm, a brand? Like a god almost. Somewhat like a god, somewhat godlike. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so this is all but for with your, modest, you. But a modest god. A very this modest has nothing god. to do with your guests. This is just all about you. So well, advertising. Here's the thing. It's uh, you're using me and my charm to inflate your existence and precisely, precisely. And that's where I start it's with <laughs> Kevin Rutmanis of the cows. Yeah, this is and Melvin's and hepatitis and Mohawk. Mohawk is it Mohawk? Mohawk. Mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Patton's Mohawk. That was the name of it. That should have been name. the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Like Mike Patton's ass crack Mohawk. Ass that would have been a good. So you've gone into comedy. Well, no, I'm thinking because the mohawk no and then the ass crack are very no. similar things. Every no. time I see someone with a mohawk, I think it's, it's equivalency of showing okay. their ass crack. You know how you and I were talking about that we really only appreciate the late 60s, early 70s, Robert Crumb? This is why we're not going to ever get anywhere because that's the stuff we like, but no one wants to hear it. They don't want to hear us talking about ass crack mohawks. Nope. Maybe not. Maybe. Someone might. Even I'm not that into it. Yeah, okay. Then they check, change this. Let's talk about your tattoos then. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. You know, when I first met you, you could say that and you could almost get away with it. You know, have you ever read, uh, uh, of course you have, A Perfect Day for Banana Fish? 
Yeah. And in there, oh, yeah. the character says, I'm, he always wears a robe to the beach. And then, and then, I don't know, the little girl or his wife or somebody says, why do you always wear that robe? And he says, I don't want a bunch of people staring at my tattoos. That's how I feel about it. Only he didn't have any, which was great. That's pretty good. It's funny, right? Yeah, but he didn't have any on his hand. I don't have any on my hand. A female genitalia. I don't either. I, you know, I already took a photo of it, and I'm going to post it along with that's this. A, that's a so lie. you can lie all you like. You're lying. You can lie on and on and on and on. You're a but fat people... mouth and a liar. <laughs> I am a bit of a fat mouth. But I'm not that much of a liar. You're pretty much. I uh, actually maybe I am. Maybe. Yeah. Let's get, we'll never know. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna retract that. You might be that lying one. right now. I never know. I never know. No, nobody does. Uh, but this is getting a little insular. Insular. Is that the correct word? I, I have no I idea. I mean, it's spiraling. It's inner inner spiral. Okay. So anyway, I have this book coming out. You want to ask me anything about it? You don't have to. Um, I'm not in it, right? Uh, no. Oh, good. No, I think you're not. No one's really in it. It took you a long it's time to answer that question. Well, there's, there's no one that you could think would be you, as far as I know. There are people, there are characters in this book, mm. which, you know, some of it takes place at my funeral and things like this. So Since you can't see me, I want you all to know I'm squinting at him. But it's not, it's not disturbing me, though. I, I, you know, I've seen no, a stronger squint. I'm just squint. communicating, so. I've come from a... You've seen me what? I've come from a history of very, very strong squints. This squint is not... It's not that me one bit. Yeah. I wonder if I should have, like, when I do this podcast, should I have, like, set kind of topics? Do you think that no, would I help? I think your strength is to just flop around. My what? Your strength <laughs> to flop around My meaninglessly strength. amongst words, streams of words. Well, I guess if you put it that way. What about food? Should I have food? For the people to eat? No, it makes noise. It makes noise, yeah, yeah. And you brought your own water. People In which I suddenly realized it's probably making noise. Did you hear that when I itched my temple? No. Maybe. No, no. no it's not, nothing to... It's not that good. Yeah, it's mind. not that bad. Not that bad. I, um... You got a lot of nudity in your house, too. Not right now. I mean, right here, I'm fully clothed. I have some drawings of nude people. That's a George Andine painting. It's, it's nude. It's, it's a little nude, yeah. But it's so, also... That's back mis- before ladies shave. Look at that. It's also... You you're know, holding a pine cone. A non-human character. It's like a, it's got a trunk, like oh, a little come elephant. On. I mean, it's, it's like saying I have a nude dog. I do. No, I have two nude dogs. It's like saying there's a nude lady wearing a bird head or an elephant bird. Kind now of I'm going to have to take pictures of these paintings as well, so you can Just see. Just to prove you're not a weird yeah. valley pornographer. Let me ask you something else about your little history. Hmm, my little history. Yeah. Little what was it like? History. Growing up in Wisconsin. Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's, Nebraska. A, that's a good joke. It's <laughs> very funny. I don't know why I always love saying that. Because you're and It you're always gets on your nerves. I'm a simple man. But it always gets on your nerves. No, it doesn't. It, it, it just, you know. Wisconsin. I'm just used to your whole thing. <laughs> your whole weird thing. Okay, Nebraska. Okay, you're in Nebraska. You're 14 years old. Mm. Are you going to high school yet? Yeah, I, gra- I graduated when I was 17, maybe. My first concert in Lincoln, Nebraska was the Billion Dollar Babies Alice Cooper concert. That's a good one. It was fantastic. And as corny as it is to say it truly did change my life, it reassured me. It didn't make me act differently. It made yeah. me feel, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. I'm going to meet people later on down the road. That are going to be just yeah. as yeah. big a mess as me and yeah. Alice. I'm going to get through this, and then I'm going to be okay. I'm no, maybe I won't be okay, but I'll get through. Well, I had the feeling like I lived in this suburb out in the east of here in Los Angeles, called Covina, I know California. You grew up in Canada. 
No, I moved here when I was eight. Mm, the, still. Uh, there was damage already, but yeah. like the real social uh, anxiety, I think, really came in out there in the San Gabriel Valley. But I went. I saw David Bowie in like '72 or something, oh, that's and I was good. like, the crowd was, you know, they were older than me, because I was like, what, 16 or something. That was probably it was still a hostel. It was Ziggy Stardust, and it was the, there were they were like sort of there was hustlers, there was yeah. drag queens, there was oddballs. Yeah. And none of them had any animus toward me. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. That's exactly right. And so I, I went back to my little high school, and I thought, I'm going to get through this, meaning I'm going to get through this fucking suburban high school. Mm. I'm going to get out of here, and, I'm, you know, there's, it's going to be different. Yeah. So, and it was. That's more of. hopeful. I, yeah. I just got, mine was more like, oh, he hates everyone as much as I do. Yeah. That's a reassurance. Yeah. I just felt that there would be somewhere I would go where I would not be the sent. you know, I would oh, not I never thought that through. worry about people hitting me. See, I was in a, believe it or not, my Lincoln, Nebraska home, I saw Frank Zappa there and he kept referring to it as the Bohemian, the Bohemian village of Lincoln, Nebraska. It really was pretty, it was a big college town I was exposed. Yeah. There was, by 16, I already knew people getting, a, well, a person getting a sex change, and this is in the 70s. Well, she was suicidal and a bloody mess, but still, yeah. I was exposed to it pretty early. Once I got to Hollywood and Venice, I started yeah. seeing a lot of them. That would be impressive. Yeah. But in Lincoln, Nebraska, that was pretty In good. Lincoln, Nebraska, that's, that's good. kind of outstanding, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't necessarily think that that was there. There was a lot of trouble. Yeah. It was good. Where I was, you would meet people with a lot of trouble, but they would be doing angel dust, and it just, it was, <laughs> well, that too. It was just, you know, a different kind of trouble. Yeah, you know, there was that, too. Oh, and yeah, And then there's the Vietnam vets. Did you have, like, a, any interaction with Vietnam vets? Cause, no, cause, like, well, I had, age, we had Hell's Angels, which is pretty good. My age, like, I was, like, two years too late for Vietnam, thank God, you know, yeah. like, <clears throat> but I was not two years too late to be buying drugs from, from vets. Viet vets. And no, no, mine were bikers. Yeah. I don't remember knowing any vets. They were pretty great, actually. Like, the, you, you knew just not to <laughs> fuck with them. They super funny. <laughs> and, well, they knew the, the, um, the power dynamic was right on the table. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were not going to go in front on them and act like you were a hard guy. No. You know, and like, like, I remember, like, the word badass. Like, the word badass, the way it's been co-opted, it kind of bugs me right now. Like, yeah. every, like so, you know, it's a... Badass. She's a lawyer. She's a badass lawyer. Oh, right, right. But, no, and like, so when I was this kid with these, like, the word badass meant someone who... It was negative. Well, it wasn't a negative necessarily, but it was a danger. It was a danger right. signal. It didn't and mean you were doing well. No, if someone was a badass, it meant they might hit you out of nowhere. Right, you better And hit you in a way that would around. hurt you. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like they yeah. would, could actually the knock you down. The like that. Yeah. They had to kind of keep my yeah. little mouth shut, which yeah. was not a strength. And this is the same as these, as these vet guys. Like, like, you didn't really want to even use the word badass around no. them. No. Because they would say, how do you know what a fucking badass right. is? Right, right. So now it's... it's like it's like the word awesome. Like very similar to the word awesome, because the word awesome is supposed to mean something that's frightening, like just just oh, horrifying. That causes awe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and badass meant is. awesome. Badass meant what uh, awesome used to mean, and now badass means what awesome now means. It's it's a you know it's it bugs me like like yeah, that's like old a man stuff. Lots of stuff bugs me too. It's just I don't old know, guy it's, stuff. It's, it's all like time. you know like for instance what you were saying about Bowie. Yeah. And this is true of Iggy Pop, is that it's totally lost. But this is old guy stuff. Now everyone sees Bowie as a, a refined gentleman of high quality art stuff. And yeah. it's totally yeah. lost. It was 
creeps being reassured by the biggest creep of all yeah, time. Yeah, he has a great creep. And the first time great I saw creep. Iggy Pop, it was the same. That audience, and it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was nothing but, and again, the audience accepted me, it was nothing but bikers and the scariest kind of gay people that I didn't even know existed till like they, they came up like roaches out of the ghettos of gay people, went to the Iggy Pop show. I remember seeing a Mexican guy with long purple hair. This is in the early 80s. He was frightening. It was great. And yeah. that's lost. Now he's just, Iggy's a cute, cute well, I mean, cute I, I don't want to diminish him, but he's like an older guy that everyone feels safe with. Yeah, he's kind of a mascot. Yeah, and there was nothing. Yeah, and there was nothing safe about it. Yeah, it no, his great. his legacy is fantastic, but people don't really know what the legacy no, is. No, they don't. And it's it was to me, it was a brother in midwestern white trash. Yeah, what's well, kind of dead. The, the legacy is kind of like this is a lot of ruined lives. It's a lot of right. like, if I look like, like at the punk rock deal, like when I was first in the punk rock deal, and you look back and you see, okay, where did everybody end up? Yeah. A lot of people ended up completely dead. trashed, yeah, dead yeah. Or, yeah. or trashed. It's gone. That's and and that's part that's part of Iggy's legacy. Like and all those, all the people dead and trashed. Yeah, are, yeah. Yeah, it was a horror. I think I think Bowie has less to. I think less of the dead and trashed you can blame <laughs> on, on Bowie. But you <laughs> might be right. <laughs> but the Iggy, there's a lot a lot of death and trashed humanity. Yeah, and that yeah. was the deal. Yeah, and that was fine. Yeah. I just read that book, Fat City. You know that movie, of course. I haven't never read the book. I gotta get that book. I got it. You you I just it. finished it. It's really short, but it was the same. I can read a short it book. It gave me that same warm feeling. as like, it's just it's, everything's just kind of crappy and it's not going anywhere. But it wasn't. It's not tragic. It's just that's just your books like that. Thank you. And people miss that. I had people ask me, why did this horrible shit happen in the book? I was like, that was just normal that's it's, just the way it was it's mildly funny and that's about it to me it's not that's lost too that like yeah. well this is time for punk rock when punk rock started doing reagan i lost interest yeah but when punk that's the same thing as iggy pop just left this trail of paranoia and destruction i was all about it yeah iggy pop i remember hearing back in those days when people didn't go see him like iggy pop came to my house for a party went upstairs and woke up the baby and left yeah, That's I asked his friends, like, like Iggy Pop showed up at their place in like, like 1979 or something. He's just like talking all about, you got to seize it. You got to seize the opportunity. You got to make the money. He's just like, he was like a motivational speaker. <laughs> he was like sitting there like a motivational speaker, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and they're just so spun. And then like a few years there later. There may have been drugs involved. Yeah, maybe. But and then if, like now it seems like it was really, he like really is a motivational But like five years earlier, like in 73 or something, or what, yeah, around 73 or whatever. Nut house. He was on Venice Beach being led around by the hand. You know, you, you could go down to Venice Beach and you could spot him being led around by the hand. Whose hand? Some like a, uh, guy. Like some guy like who was... Like a handler. <laughs> not necessarily a handler because he couldn't afford a handler. There was no handler. It was, it was like this guy, you know that Johanna? It was yeah. the guy, her boyfriend. Oh. Which was, and he was like, they were Johanna all. Johanna was a man. Johanna was a chick, but, but oh, there was this, there was this. Oh, that's who was holding his hand. Yeah, her boyfriend. How do you know about Johanna? This sounds like a good story. Yeah, uh, there are some people like the Berlin Bratz and stuff. Like there was this woman named Thea, Thea Constantine who was around at that time. And so they, they all. So you just they, knew firsthand. I knew, no, no, I knew uh, secondhand. Oh. I, I knew hearsay. This okay. is hearsay what I'm telling well, yeah, you. Yeah, hearsay is always true. Yeah, except when it's not. Yeah. But uh, but they they you know I, I they were actually like Thea was really gorgeous and she right. was very adventurous and 
she <laughs> met a lot of people. Yeah, and she was she was fantastic. She uh -huh. was fantastic. She was she was one of the. Um, she lacked a moral compass. She actually had a moral compass, oh. and she actually. That's oh. yeah, yeah. a pity. Well, uh, I like. See, I like. And I think I think this is old man shouting at the ground stuff, but I like. That's what was attractive to me. All that. Same thing with. Well, the consequences were right out there in front of you. Yeah. And it's it's, it's the, it was what, comical. It was comical and, and also it was like comical and a cautionary at the same time. Like here's yes, this cautionary site right there and then ha ha ha. Like I remember being at a party in 1977 or whatever on Sunset Strip and the germs were there, right? Uh -huh. And Sky Saxon came walking up. And Sky Saxon was like a stick with a beard. You know, yeah. it's like these, these, stick, these sticks glued together with chewing gum and band-aids and a beard. Nice. And, uh, a the germ, yeah, and, the, and the germs are going, you pushed it too hard, you pushed it too hard. Like mocking funny. Sky Saxon. Now, now, tell us what the germs, you overheard the germs saying about you. I think they were said that, I, what did they say about me? You told me you overheard them saying, that guy, Alan, he drinks too much. Oh, no, yeah, they what ran away from me. What does it take for Darby Crash to think it was that actually, you drank It was actually much. Lorna, and it was Lorna. right to my face. What happened was... Uh, right to your face. Well, no, kind of to my face. I was walking down Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard, and I spotted her, and maybe she was with, with uh, Pat, whatever, but she was with someone else. And uh, I spotted her, I go, hey, because <laughs> I, hey, I was going to go say hi. This is like, you know, six months after the cannabis, six months, whatever, and, and she's, they ran away from me. They're like, oh, no, it's that horrible alcoholic, and they ran away from me. See, that's a feather in your cap. Yeah, I have, you a, just I have a very feathery cap, but, you know, it's, it's like a turkey. This podcast should just be just you telling is really fucked up. You have a wonderful life. Wonderful. I do have a kind of wonderful life. Yeah, I gotta say, you got you you scared Richard Ramirez. No one can say that. Nobody. I don't know if I actually scared him. He called you me intimidated. up. He called me up and threatened to. He said, "You lie, you die. You lie, you oh, die." Oh God, it rhymed at least. Yeah, it rhymed. It was a good. It was a good little thing. And then I told him off. Yeah, and then because I then he, he apologized. Yeah. I did. I did receive an apology from Richard Ramirez yeah. for his hostility toward me. Yeah. yeah. Not many people can say Zero, that. Zero, I'm guessing. Yeah. Without anything. Not the back. dead ones. None no. of the dead ones can say no that. No apology was given. Was Do people it? still know who Richard Ramirez was? I don't know. He was a, the freeway kill. Was he the freeway killer? No, Hillside. No. No, Hillside was the strangler. He was Night Stalker. The Night, Night Stalker. Stalker. But he he did a lot of off ramp killing. Like he'd take the freeway, <laughs> take a little off ramp, find a house with the window. What I liked about him is he'd take a bus home from the. <laughs> the crimes, which is kind of genius. Kind of genius, and then just kind of, who yeah, knows what's wrong with the poor guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, my favorite Richard Ramirez story was, because uh, he had a sense of humor. You know, I met him, he laughed at all my jokes. Like, I met him one time, I interviewed him in a was cell. He huh? Was he clever? He was somewhat, he, I don't, he wasn't that, he was clever enough to laugh at my jokes. That's clever. And that's pretty clever, right? Yeah. But, uh, oh, oh, he was clever, because here's his little joke. One time, because they, they would move him back and forth between San Quentin and this, this jail in San Francisco, because he was on trial in San Francisco for a separate murder. Oh. And uh, when they, one time they took him back to San Quentin, and they search you very thoroughly, right? I would think so. And so they go, oh, there's something in his ass. Mm. So there was something, so they had to go, there, they were they poking up there, they had to go way up there in his ass, and they pulled it out, and it was a piece of paper. And so they pulled this piece of paper out, and it was all folded up. Then they unfolded the paper, and in the paper, he had written, hope you like chocolate. <laughs> yeah. He told you that? No, his girlfriend told me. One of That's his girlfriends good, said it. Do you think it's true? I believe it's true, That's yeah. It's super yeah. funny. Yeah. See, you, yeah. you're, like, mean, you're like a truth diction, an encyclopedia. Yeah. 
So anyway, you know, these are things are supposed to be 24, 25 minutes. We've done, we're, we're 27 minutes. Yeah, you and I don't mind talking. Evidently not. But I mean, are there people that can actually listen to us? No. Because you know, I have, we have this friend of mutual. A mutual Who? <coughs> Rene. This guy Rene. Oh yeah. Remember Rene? Yeah. They call him uh, the chief. They call him <laughs> El Guapo. I call him El Guapo. Was this back in? Is that now you call him? That? I call him El Guapo now. Yeah. El Guapo means the handsome one. Oh. The chief. Does comes, he speak uh, any Spanish? Oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. The um, the chief comes from a long story that involves Angelina Jolie's mother. So as it would. Yeah, so we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. But uh, he said one time he was talking to me about something and he said, and then I would stand, I, I, I would just hear you and Kim Man is talking to each other. I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah. I could never figure out what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah, that's, that seems well, very possible. In that case, we should probably stop right about now. It's because we don't help. listen to each other. I listen to every, every word. That's a lie. It's not a lie. Mm -hmm. I'm a good listener. <laughs> People don't realize it. No. They don't realize no, it. No, they don't. But then I come back at them later with something that they said. I bet you'll be able to edit out at least 10 minutes of this. So this has really only been a 17-minute. Well, they don't want to edit stuff out. It's too much trouble. Okay. They're just going to, like, chop, you, you know, gotta, put things on the end. You should put background music in or something. Maybe. Maybe. I saw an interview of... But you have to get rights for that, don't you? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Well, I could just take your music. I don't think what so. are you going to give? You, know, you don't give a shit. No. All right, let's just stop. Let's just stop. Yeah. All right? Because it's been, it's, it's going to be, it, it's, we've dragged people through hell yeah. already. Uh, yeah. And then you stop on the Richard Ramirez story about Hope You Like that Chocolate. That was an exciting That's story. That's a good ending. Yeah. That's a good ending. Ending. And there's more to come, hopefully. Come. Some other people, some other person. Oh, yeah? Not just me. Not just you. Because we could be like a team. You know, we could actually. Call-in show. We could, yeah, or we could get someone in here and then just drive them insane. Or drive them happy. Maybe, maybe, yeah, drive them happy. Everybody leaves happy. Mm -hmm. All right. So anyway, hope everybody leaves happy. This yeah. is going to happen again. This is fantastic. And uh, again, Kevin Rutmanis. And Alan McDonnell. Kevin Rutmanis of the Cows. Extremely influential band. Beautiful, fantastic band. I have all the records. You know why? Kevin Rutmanis gave me. Because <laughs> he, knows, he knows what I want out yeah. of life is records. That's right. So Kevin Rutmanis of the Cows, the Melvins, the, the Mohawks. Mohawks. The Mohawks. And the hepatitis. And the hepatitis. Currently hepatitis. You can yeah. see hepatitis somewhere. You can go on the internet, look up hepa-titus, T-I-T-U-S. We have a ton of recordings you can hear. All kinds of on stuff. On the band camps. And there's, there's also fantastic vinyl that you can purchase with uh, amazing art by his wife, whose name is... Mouse Squaz, she calls herself, or Gina Squaz. It seems to, yeah. you know, change. I would get some of that stuff. Yeah, stuff's cool. She does all her... It's worth getting. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go. Yeah, Thank you too. very much. Bye. Bye. Okay, well that's done. Skeevland number one is in the books. I hope you liked it. If you want to know more about Alan McDonnell or the Skeev or Rare Bird books, visit theskeev.com and rarebirdbooks.com. Thank you to Tyson Cornell and Julie Callahan and Jake Levins for encouragement and assistance. Skeevland is coming to you from Hollywood, California, the town, not the industry. It's exactly what it sounds like. Skeevland.